to say I am here to serve the bride and you are the bride. And I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Thank you. Yeah, that is wonderful, eh? Great moment. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is important when we get together to worship, to do the family business that we need to, but we also worship when we read the Word of God. Uh, we want the Word of God to transform us. And this morning, I want to go back to basics. I want to talk about the gospel is a message of reconciliation. And the reason why I think it's important to keep going back to basics, so that from God's Word, we can understand the mandate, the requirement that God has on each of us. I was saying to the leaders yesterday, most times people have felt or made to believe, because the leaders talk about it this way, that you there as an audience, you there to spectate, you kind of end users. This is the show, you applaud, and then we all go home. No, this is the time where the body of Christ learns about our responsibility to make a difference in the world. And the key issue, it's not City on the Hill's philosophy, NCMI's philosophy, Garris kind of point of view. It's the gospel. The gospel is what has motivated heaven to give to us what we have through His Son, through the Holy Spirit who's with us now. Until Jesus comes again, it's the gospel that we need to understand, we need to apply in our own lives, and then that's the very opinion that we have to share with the world. We have an opinion. During COVID, it's amazing how many Christians took to Facebook and social media and shared their weird ideas about the end times. We're all going to turn into zombies. Who had the vaccine? Well, some of you do look like zombies. But anyway, <laughs> the thing is, we never turned into zombies. Isn't that awesome? And there were so many predictions and the rest. You know what was sad? That very little did we take to social media and share about Jesus Christ and about the importance of this message of reconciliation. You want to know how this country gets healed? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you notice the stage? Smarties. No longer white, bright, and all the out of sight, whatever they call it. It's a new generation is rising because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Reconciliation is the key word because salvation is not a kind of administrative thing we do or a legal thing we do to keep out of hell. Reconciliation has been joined together in relationship with God. Not God of the church, God of the universe, and the church is part of that. I love it. So let's read about reconciliation. It's an awesome passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. And it might come up there. Nope. Jeez, there's somebody ugly up there, that's for sure. Anyway, 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And if you are in Christ, you can say, Amen. Because there was someone who was old in his ways and difficult and bad and the rest of it. But this is the new me because of Jesus. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who has reconciled himself 
reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus paid the price so that I can be reconciled. But in it, he says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. See, there's nothing that is more active for the gospel than those who have been born again are now empowered to help others to be born again. That's it. Simple. It's not like there's in between those two, receiving Christ and sharing Christ, there's like months and years and Bible college and all the rest. No, because I've received Christ, I'm able to share Christ. That's it. Simple. I can just tell somebody what's happened. And God has made me a minister of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and counting people not counting people's sin against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we've been given the ministry, we've been given the message, and then in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Have you noticed how ambassadors walk around? Proudly. Usually got a sash and badges and little insignia, and they, they're like, there's something about them. There's this positioning in their body language that tells you, man, I represent something powerful, something that is important. And, and it's important about our posture. We're ambassadors. We've got a ministry. We've got a message. God has set us apart so that we can make a difference. And you know, yes, I know there's potholes. And, and please don't bug the mayor with all of that. He's not here to talk about potholes. And you know, often we complain at that level. This isn't our place. This isn't where we stay. This isn't where we belong. We're ambassadors. We represent heaven. Jesus is making a place for you right now. You can imagine how many years it's been since he said he's preparing a room in our Father's house. You think of, you, you know when somebody visits you, how your wife goes ballistic and, you know, got to clean everything. You've got to repaint the room and, you know, put fresh smelling flowers and you go wild and you think gee you never did that for me yesterday when I came home you know kind of thing but Jesus for all of these years is preparing a room for us isn't that awesome man I want to be a proper ambassador that's what I want to talk to us about he makes his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God so the news is anybody here that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you are sitting in exactly the right place at the right time because our message to you is be reconciled to God. We are all sinners. We've fallen short of His grace. And the only hope we have is through the blood of Christ, through His sacrifice, is to be reconciled to God. Come back into a relationship. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. I accept you into my heart as Lord and Savior. That's what it's about. And we'll give you an opportunity later. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Please soak yourself in it because it, it helps us understand that what God does in us, which is inexpressible, we'll praise him for the rest of eternity because of that. But what he does in us, he wants to do through us. He wants to do it. He wants to love others. And the healing you've received, He wants you to do the same to others. And the deliverance, the same. And the forgiveness, the same. He wants you to be a channel of His blessing. I love it. So the gospel is a message of reconciliation in four ways. 
first one is we've been reconciled to God. That's it. That's the primary objective. It all flows from there. Okay, if you were God and you'd created the world, forethought, there was so much forethought as he spoke. And, and it's almost like every single thing has been created for our enjoyment. Come on, think of a lamb bride. Yes, thank you, Lord, for making lambs. There's nothing better than chops, really. And burrovos. You know, you think just of that, and then stuff that's pleasant to the eye, the waterfalls and the birds, and yes, this perfect world. And then he puts us in it, and he says, be fruitful and multiply. And then he gave us a woman. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you could see Adam going, nah, nah, baboon, mm -mm, too ugly, giraffe too tall, elephant too fat, hippo too aggressive, blah, 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 blah. And then God said, go to sleep. And then when he woke up, Ooh la la, as his eyes kind of went up. <laughs> Perfect. Suited him perfectly. Yes, then began the trouble. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Suddenly he had to clean his house <laughs> and do the dishes and so on. So he makes it, and then we sin. And then he sends us prophets. We kill them. And every single act of love toward him, we, we, we're aggressive against him. We rebel. If you were God, what would you do? I would take that earth and I would squeeze. And I'd say, you little miserable wormies. <laughs> and I'd squeeze it until all that rebellious blood dripped through my fingers. And then I'd throw it in the air and I'd kick it into a black hole. Finished. You know that Stephen Hawkins guy said there are black holes out there. Anyway, I'd kick it into one of those. Finished. And then I'd rip, begin again. But so motivated was he in love that he takes his best and he says, here's my son. It wasn't just Jesus who agreed. It was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said the master plan is that the son would die for the sins of the world. You wouldn't do that. Rebellious people, given up on you. But he never. His master plan was that we'd be reconciled to him. And the enemy thought he had made the final blow when Christ was crucified, and that was the victory for us. And he rose from the dead, defined death, so that we might be free. Listen to these two quotes. The first one goes like this. Mercy is what we don't get, but we deserve it. And you know what that is? Punishment and death. So because of Christ, I've received mercy. I deserve punishment. I deserve death. But because of Christ, I don't get it. The other side of the coin is grace is what we get, but we don't deserve it. Forgiveness and sonship and daughtership. Isn't that wonderful? We don't deserve that, but he gives it to us. That's his grace. And it's not just to one or two. It's to everyone who receives him. He gives the power to be his son or his daughter. The grace of God poured out. I think many of us today, we understand that aspect of reconciliation. And if, like I said, if you don't know it, I want, we're going to pray with you at the end so that you can receive it. This is a free message. It's free. There's nothing. You don't have to belong to, you know, to anything. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to you know, stand on your head and whistle our hymns or anything. You just have to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, I become your son, your daughter. You should be saying amen and applauding God. Yeah. 
The second aspect of the gospel, it's we have been reconciled to ourselves. Sounds weird, doesn't it? But the Bible teaches us love one another as you love yourself. Yes, the biggest problem with life today, we have a very poor self-image and top of the pops with sales of medicine, besides the COVID vaccines, is the drugs that help us with our insights, with our psychology, with our lack of confidence, with our nervous breakdowns and all this. All of these are because we do not know that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. We get sold lies. You are nothing. The whole media world, and if you are in the media world, maybe you can help us fix this up, but they steal our self-image and then they sell it back to us at a price. You want to be somebody? Well, what genes do you have on? Mr. Pritchet. That's Mr. Price. What? <laughs> Not Levi's. Well, what do you mean? And then the younger you are, the more kind of you convicted. And you can't just wear a normal shirt. That's why we, there's a whole industry that they've just destroyed a whole lot of clothing that is illegally made with all the labels on it. Because that label identifies me. Now I'm somebody important. Sorry, what car do you drive? GWM? What's that? Great Wall Motors? Chinese car? Not a Toyota? Yes, shame, you know. And it's kind of we separate ourselves like that. It's interesting. You know, who said, and I want to help the ladies get free over here, who said thin is the most beautiful? There's so much pressure. Do you know, outside of the movie shoot, those film stars gorge themselves on food. They're like little blobs. And when they get to the movie shoot, they fast and they go to the gym. That's their job. They've got to look wonderful because it's going to sell products. And then, of course, they Photoshop it so they look perfect. But who said that is beautiful? Why did they sell that lie to us? And so you've got torment. And women are trying to get these increased or decreased and trying to get half of their butts taken off. And, you know, I don't like the nose you gave me, God, so whew, cut that baby off. Look, some of the rugby players need to work on their ears. But anyway, <laughs> we want to help the ears. We wanna, it's like we're happy with nothing because we put too much value in this, the shell. One day we die, we leave it behind, we don't take it with us. Do you know that somebody said yesterday, when he gets to heaven, he's going to be excited because on my dressing table is going to be a whole lot of hair. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm perfect. Oscar Del, she knows. And we put too much value on this. You know, I think we need to understand beauty in the eyes of Africa. What is a beautiful woman? Mafuta. <laughs> Amen. The Bible tells me every tribe, every language, every nation, this isn't a skinny bride of just Jewish people or just white people. Or just, it's every, this, we've got to have an understanding that how God made me, He was happy. Many of us think we were mistakes. I had a great revelation. I got the Bible that my mom and dad got on the day that they were married. I checked the date. Six months later, I was born. I was a miracle. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was a miracle. I was three months premature and I lived. 
I had new reason to thank God. And then I realized, oh no. I was a backseat of the Chevy mistake. I was. They didn't know Jesus, but they had a whole lot of passion as two young people. My mom's all 18 years older than me. It was like one of her first flings, and that was me. And I could go through life limping. I'm a mistake. You know, the Bible tells me the same thing he said to Jeremiah. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you. I knew you, and I knew you, and I knew you. I knew all of you. And I had a plan and a purpose. And I put gifting in you, and I put a personality. And I've made you just the way you are. You're sure you can blame your parents for the lack of hair, or supposed to blame grandpa or whatever. But don't put value in that. We've got to rediscover the value of what is really important when it comes to our self-identity. I have been reconciled to myself through the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's go to Scripture and we can get our best understanding. Jesus is in the water and he's been baptized. And heaven opens, the dove, Holy Spirit fills him, but the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He had done no ministry. Nothing. And God endorsed right then that this is my son because he was walking in obedience. The only identity I have that is worth anything is in Christ. And God declares over all of us who are born again, you, Baptists, are my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I'll tell you, some today, as you hear that, it's almost like there's weeping inside because people have said unkind words to you. They become nooses around your neck. They become cages that have trapped you. And that's where you're living. You were told that you're nothing and you're going to accomplish nothing. I remember going, being in the army, which I hated every minute of, but I eventually ended up in the CO, the commanding officer's office. He wants to see me. I thought, yeah, great. He's going to tell me I can go home now. <laughs> but he didn't. He said, you are going to amount to nothing. That's it. Just tell me that. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I'll go and do that right now. <laughs> and I did. I messed my life up on all sorts of things. But anyway, God speaks over you. And I want to trust God with you for those, those, those bondages that have bound you. You are valuable and precious. There is no superior race. There's no superior type of person. And it's amazing. We think blue eyes, blonde hair, or we think this, or we think that, or we think nobody, everybody is equal in him, and he sees us as valuable and precious. And Father, deliver us, deliver us. We want to be delivered from that. The third thing is we've been reconciled to each other. Isn't that awesome? So in the body of Christ, this message of reconciliation has saved us. It's given us a better self-identity, actually the best we could have, and we have the ability to love one another in the body. Just look around quickly. Just maybe put your head up and have a good look around. Yes, they're ugly, huh? Hey? <laughs> it's amazing now. Usually from our point of view, when we look at others, we think, yes, I don't know how he made it into heaven. <laughs> yes, what, they lower their standards in this church? <laughs> no, this is where Christianity makes it. This is where the kingdom begins as we learn to love each other. You know, the Bible says, before you offer your gift, Jesus said, go and sort it out with your brother. 
And, and Jesus said, by their love one for another, will the world know that you are my disciples? The expression of love amongst us tells the world that there's a God in heaven. But boy, it's very difficult to work out. You know, you know what it's like. You come to church one Sunday morning, and right there where Murdoch is, he arrives and somebody else is sitting in his seat. You know, that's reason enough to go to another church. Mm. And then Gareth says hello twice to somebody, but not once to you. That's reason enough to go to another church. You come and the coffee queue's too long. That's reason enough to go to another church. Somebody shouts at you and misunderstands you, and they say to your kid, you know, well, sheep, is you so naughty? Who's your mom and dad? <laughs> That's reason enough to go to another church. We are so fickle, we do not apply the same forgiveness and love that Christ gives us. We have been reconciled to each other. You are going to be with this group for eternity. Is there any other options, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Think of the person you like the least. Chances are you're going to be next to them in heaven. All of eternity, you're going to have that face in your face with that attitude. <laughs> but Jared, here's the bottom line of all of this. I'm not in charge of changing you. You are in charge of changing you under the power and authority of God by the Holy Spirit. And change is possible. Why do some of us choose to be grumpy? That's my big thing in the body. It's true. Some of us just are grumpy. You decided for the rest of your life you are grumpy. Doesn't matter who's around. Doesn't matter if you've got a full wallet or an empty wallet. Doesn't matter what is happening. I am grumpy and you're all going to know it. And that's it. It's like there are seven dwarfs. You're the grumpy one. The happy is there as well. We can choose to be happy. You're happy, right? You are definitely happy. But here's the deal. In Christ, I've got to recognize that I've been reconciled to my brothers and sisters. Every single one of them. And God is going to use iron to sharpen iron, Proverbs tells me. So one man sharpens another. Every relationship goes through three phases. First phase, honeymoon. You meet somebody new, and you're nicer than God to them. Yes, you know, Baptist, you're the best oak in the world. And I'm the best oak. And, you know, we, yes, we can't believe how fortunate we are because there's so many nice people. And then they sit in our seat. Or they diss us or they dishonor us. It goes to the second stage where the veneer wears off and we see chipboard. I said, we're going to see war. You think this is the perfect church. But it's full of people with warts and bumps and things that need to be Sort it out. They, they, they are there. If you look close enough, you'll f don't think you joined this church because it's the perfect church. You joined this church, hopefully because God said join this church. But now you get to the veneer stage. Usually then we try and find another church. Because I'm disillusioned. They don't appreciate the gift I am. Goodness me. Any other church would embrace me in love. Relationally is where we either are going to show the maturity of the kingdom or not. We need to go to the third stage, which is where we affirm each other in the love of Christ sacrificially. Jesus never loved us because of his lacquer, and we were nice people. 
He loved us sacrificially. That agape love is, I'm going to love you, but it's going to be, I'll pay the, the cost. I'll pay the price to love you. And I'm going to love you because I'm going to pay the price. Forgive us, God forgave. That's what it says. Forgive me my sins as my sins are forgiven. And forgive each other the same way. Wow. That forgiveness is in advance. When you came to know Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, you said, hang on, we must just go and get him forgiveness. No, you were already forgiven in advance. So before you join any group, forgive everybody in advance. So when they sin against you or there's some kind of issue, you can say they're forgiven. And forgive them totally. Stop climbing up the muff tree. And a lot of us have perfected the muff tree. We've run electricity. We've got plumbing. We've got TVs. We live in the muff tree. Upset with nobody's... They're all ugly, darling, aren't they? It doesn't matter how good a meeting is, you're going to point out the fact that they missed that chorus. You know what? I missed one whole line of that song because of that guy in the media desk. And when you walk past, you let him know. Right, that sorted him out. Yes, sir, we are so fickle. Lord, help me understand we've been reconciled to each other. And as you paid for the price of my reconciliation, I want to be a healer. I want to be somebody that shares joy. Most of the times when you look at a congregation from this point of view, it's like everybody's been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> Christianity's fun. <laughs> yes, it looks like you fighting all of hell right there. We, if, you know what is the worst thing that can happen to a Christian? What is the worst thing? We can die. And when we die, what happens? We're with Jesus. No, that's not too bad. <laughs> Isn't it? We're with Him. You see, this is where the test is the strongest. Is This is how we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I want to encourage us to start to be proactive when it comes to relationships and start to pray for each other and love each other in that way. Last one, fourth one, and then we'll pray for folk, is we've been reconciled to the world. Isn't that great? All in that one passage of Scripture, reconciled to God, reconciled to myself, I can deal with that, reconciled to my brothers and sisters, but to the world as well. You see, it's not just about hanging on until the return of Jesus. No. He's encouraged us to get involved wherever we can. That's why we prayed like we did at the beginning of this meeting, is we want to make a difference. Clarkstorp has got to be dif different because of this church. And wherever God's going to open us doors all the way to the ends of the earth, that's the game plan. You know when Jesus called the first disciples? He said, come follow me and I will make you comfortable. A lot of churches are fitted together that way. Come, come and be born again and come to our church and we'll make you comfortable. Ursula, are you okay? The chair's soft enough? Has that chair got a cushion on it? The church down the road have got cushions. And not just a cappuccino. They're going to give you a mug with it. <laughs> they are going to help you understand how important you are. And how Christianity is so much better now that you saved. And we're so much better to have you have the front row. 
And by the way, this is our bank account number, just in case. <laughs> yes, I tell you, Father, forgive us. Because, boy, we miss it. And so, I want to understand my role. It's not about me being comfortable. It's me becoming a fisher of men. Every single believer has been called to come follow Jesus, and I'll make you, you and you and you and all of us fishers of men. So right now we're like clay on a potter's wheel, and he's making us fishers of men. And we're making ourselves comfortable, and he's making us fishers of men, and we're ignoring the Great Commission. And he's making us fishers of men, and who cares about the nations? And he's making us fishers of men, and we're not even loving others. Who cares? What's the most important thing you buy after your first Bible? Well, Gareth's book, <laughs> Mally's commentary series. No, you want to know what it is? The Atlas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't love Clarkstorp. He loved the whole world. Clarkstorp's in the world, but the world's not in Clarkstorp. Let me help us. You need to love the world like he loves the world. You've got a little map there. I can see it right now at your info desk. That is what God died for. Do you love the world like him? Did you know there are 11 official languages in our country? There are people, groups that are waiting to hear the, the gospel. There are areas in our world that are hostile towards Jesus, that are waiting to receive the gospel. And you know, we carry on spending our money on ourselves. No. You see, there's such a self-centered attitude towards Christianity that needs to be dealt with. I call it baboon Christianity. We all are familiar with baboons, right? Took my little grandson to the, bu oh, the baboon, to the zoo, and they have like a Joburg zoo, they've got like all the baboons, mandrel, everything, etc., etc. And he saw them from the front, and then when we got to the South African Jackma baboon, he saw it from the back, and he said, Yes, that's ugly. He was five. All he could say when he got home to his granny, that's the ugliest thing he's ever seen. And come on, when you go to the park, the Kruger, and you see a baboon, they are ugly. Their bottoms are disgusting. You that's part of the fall. They were created with very pretty bum bottoms, and then when they fell in the garden, they got bad bums, right? I think so. According to me, all baboons should wear nappies, then that would solve the problem. But why are we like baboons? It's like when we get to heaven, it's like we are baboons. <laughs> the fire of hell <laughs> is still burning, and there's smoke, but we've just made it. Yes, we connect, and the door shuts. And as we walk in, you can see, just made it. Uh -uh. God has called us, and I can see it with Gareth and Barry and all of us. As we walk in, chests out. Well done, good and faithful servant. Chests out, and as God looks behind us, are rows of people we've prayed for. There are rows of people, there are countries we've impacted. And there's a little glint in our eyes that we look around at each other and say, wow, we prayed for Madagascar, we prayed for that people group. That's what it's about. There's inheritances laid up for us so that now let's understand we've been reconciled to the world. What is my part in it, Lord? Walk out your door to your neighborhood, to the nation, and to the nations of the world. Let me pray for us, please. It is so important that we understand that the gospel is a message of reconciliation. Sure, and we do pray. Could the worship dudes come up? I'm sure we're going to end with a song.
And by the way, that was very good at the beginning. Just carry on that way, don't blow it. <laughs> but with our heads bowed, most important thing. And let this be, if you are born again, that you pray for those who have not yet received Christ as Lord and Savior. Even now, pray for family and friends and work people, people at the gym or whatever. Pray for them and then pray for any that might be here today. Maybe you're just a bit confused, you're not sure. If you have not been born again ever or you're unsure, I'd like you to stand so that I can lead you in a prayer. Please stand where you are. And anybody that's going to watch this broadcast online, this is for you as well. Awesome. It's a young lady that's standing. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him an applause. Just keep your heads bowed. Anybody else, just stay standing. Well done, young man. It's a young man standing as well. Anybody, please stand. Because we're here for this. We slow everything down to make sure there's another person at the back. Awesome. Okay, so what I'm going to do is lead you in a prayer. And you at the back, lead you in this prayer. Pray this prayer with me online if you want to do the same. Father, thank you for Jesus. Awesome. Another young lady. Father, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. From today, 